0: We are back Uh, a lot sooner than we thought we would be back. Here we are, Visugi, and I am the host of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Thank you all for listening to this episode, Uh, surprise episode of the podcast. As the Kansas City Chiefs, you see it in the title of the podcast, but you already knew that beforehand that Kansas City Chiefs have acquired Frank Clark from the Seattle Seahawks in a big trade that shakes up the NFL draft but from Kansas City standpoint now they've got a really prominent defensive line right now and inching closer and closer to improving that defense and trying to improve from that 31st ranked defense and really just getting to that spot where listen they are trying to build a balance on this football team a lot to get into here on this episode we will talk about the trade with the Chiefs and the Seahawks. Did the Chiefs give up too much? What are the Chiefs getting in Frank Clark? What was the reaction from you guys? What is my reaction to all of this? Going to discuss that. And how does this impact some of the other defensive ends on this football team? That is very important. Something that's not being discussed a whole lot by the local media, so I'll discuss that as well. But Frank Clark does have some character issues coming into Kansas City, so we will touch on that. How much should we be concerned With that, and are the Chiefs becoming one of those teams where they may be dislikable because of the kinds of players they've got on this football team? Uh, That is a topic that is worth getting into as well. Also, this is now going to be the second year in a row the Chiefs will not have a draft pick, a first-round draft pick. Didn't have one last year, not going to have one this Thursday, unless something crazy happens within the next 40 or so hours. Uh, We'll find out, but... Uh, For right now, the Chiefs are not expected to participate in the uh, first round of the draft and Thursday's portion of the NFL Draft. Plus, with this now in the books, what's Kansas City going to do with their two second round picks? I think there's going to be a bit of a change in uh, game plan, a a bit of a reroute there. So we'll discuss that, all of that, everything you need to know about this trade and how it impacts everything going on. ...with this franchise right now. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugin. That is the Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter. Social media accounts have been on fire Tuesday. Understandably so. Because of this big trade, I've seen a lot of positive reactions from Chiefs fans. A lot of negative reactions from Chiefs fans. I'll give you guys my thoughts on this. And really, what can we expect From Frank Clark and this Chiefs defense. And I'm also going to do just kind of a preview. Look at the starting 11 players on defense uh, in the 4-3 scheme. Because I think a lot of people want to know how exactly does this Chiefs defense... How exactly will this Chiefs defense look if the season started today? So we'll discuss that. Uh, As I said earlier in the week, we were going to do... An episode uh, late Thursday night, early Friday morning, depending when the draft would end. Obviously, the Chiefs picking 29th, or they were supposed to pick 29th. Uh, that would have been pretty much at the end of the draft. Would have been the uh, near the end of the draft. Just a couple of more picks after Kansas City, but obviously not going to be the case. So, scratched out, we will not be doing an episode Friday morning unless something insane happens where the Chiefs do trade up. So, provided that doesn't happen... There will not be an episode Friday morning. Instead, you have this to listen to. However, we will be back on Sunday morning uh, to recap the entire NFL draft as well as the Chiefs draft and what they came away with in this weekend's 2019 NFL draft. But for right now, the big subject is Frank Clark coming to Kansas City and... I mean, we we can go in so many directions with this. Let me just first uh, set the stage on what the Chiefs gave up to get Frank Clark. The Seahawks are going to receive the 29th overall pick from Kansas City, and they're also going to receive a 2020 second-round pick. Now, it was not clear, it was not specific as to which 2020 second-round pick it will be. Keep in mind, the Chiefs have two second-round picks for 2020, as well as two second-round picks this weekend. And I posted this on the Facebook page, and I, you know what? I, I fumbled on this one. We did not discuss the possibility of a trade last podcast, and we should have because the Chiefs have a lot of draft capital with four second round picks in this weekend's draft and next year's draft combined. Didn't really touch on that at all uh, in the last episode. We did talk about that on social media. So that's a fumble on my end there. We, we didn't, uh, I, I was too ignorant uh, on the possibility of that happening. Uh, so. For those wondering which 2020 second-round pick it'll be, whichever one is the later pick. So if the Chiefs have a better season than the 49ers, then the Chiefs will give up their own uh, second-round pick for 2020, and they'll keep San Francisco. If something unreal happens where the 49ers have a better season than the Chiefs, then the Chiefs will keep their own draft pick, uh, the earlier second-round pick, and they'll give the 49ers pick to Seattle but hopefully the uh, latter is not the case and the former ends up being the case the teams by the way will also swap 2019 third round picks they were eight spots apart Kansas City was picking 92nd now they're going to pick 84th in the third round of this year's draft and Seattle will be picking 92nd so here's how Tuesday went Tuesday was pretty weird so late Tuesday morning Former NFL wide receiver Antonio Bryant tweeted some insane comment saying that the Cardinals uh, cornerback, Patrick Peterson, is going to the Chiefs, and everybody was confused. People had no idea where this came from. There was absolutely no context, no anticipation of this happening. I know there were talks last year about Patrick Peterson possibly being traded to KC right before the end of the trade deadline. Obviously not the case uh, Peterson and the Cardinals mentioned that he wants to say in Arizona. And I believe uh, that was brought up as well uh, where Peterson, again, I guess he had clarified he wanted to say. Although I, I believe that there was a report that he was not at voluntary workouts on Tuesday with the Cardinals. So take that for whatever it's worth to you. But I believe Cliff Kingsbury, head coach of the Cardinals, new head coach of the Cardinals, uh, and uh, of course, he did coach at Texas Tech, uh, wherever where, uh, Mahomes obviously was. Uh, I, I think he had made it clear that Patrick Peterson does not want to go anywhere. But anyway, Therese Paylor of Yahoo Sports and a friend of the podcast, uh, he shut that down, uh, the rumor down quickly, saying that he got in touch with his sources and they told him there was, quote, no substance of Peterson coming to Kansas City and Antonio Bryan. I guess he deleted that tweet because I got a lot of people, I, I quote tweeted the comment. And people tweeted me, "What is it? What is that tweet? What did it's deleted?" Uh, so uh, I was unaware that he deleted that until you guys informed me. Uh, so there was that. Shortly after this Patrick Peterson rumor, fake news, whatever you want to call it. Shortly after that, that is when rumors start to heat up that the Chiefs and the Seahawks were having serious talks about Frank Clark, and shortly right after that, Tuesday, early Tuesday afternoon, that is when the trade was finalized. Now, keep in mind, the Colts and the Jets were also talking to Seattle. There were multiple reports that the Seahawks asked the Jets for the number three overall pick. The Jets declined, the Seahawks moved on, and they looked at the Chiefs because they were, the uh, outside the Jets, they were the more enticing trade partner because... Of their draft capital. As I just mentioned. Two second round picks in 2019. Because of the Marcus Peters trade. And they have two second round picks in 2020. Because of the D4 trade. So that made it very easy to want to trade with Kansas City. You get their first round pick uh, this Thursday. And, which is the 29th overall pick. And you get one of the second round picks from 2020. So... Frank Clark, sure, a great player uh, who the Seahawks franchise tagged uh, and decided, look, it was not going to work out, so they ended up trading him to Kansas City. But at least they have a first-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year to work on that. And keep in mind, and I'll get to the contract portion of this because this is a very significant part, uh, the Chiefs did sign him to a five-year deal worth $105.5 million. A big reason why the Seahawks couldn't afford him is because they just paid Russell Wilson and I'll get into the contract portion of that later because that's um that's pretty significant let me just say one uh, one thing about the Patrick Peterson deal and just shut that down and move on that that was simply just a, a rumor or fake news again I don't know what you want to call it there have not been any significant reports of Patrick Peterson coming to Kansas City, or the Chiefs and the Cardinals having discussions of this. I'm not saying there hasn't been, I'm just saying no one has reported any of that. Uh Again, to be, to be clear, it doesn't mean that nothing could happen down the road, but for right now, there's no legitimate indication of the Chiefs and the Cardinals making any kind of a trade involving Patrick Peterson. With that said... Uh, when the uh Frank Clark trade was made, uh, the reaction from Chiefs fans, boy, uh, mixed reactions across the board. It was mostly negative to the point where Chiefs fans and even non-Chiefs fans said that the Chiefs got ripped off and they gave up way too much, especially considering his character issues. I will address that later, and I think there is some truth to that opinion. Uh, that's not a far-fetched opinion to have. For now, though, a lot of Chiefs fans are saying, look, if this pans out, if he stays healthy, if he stays out of trouble, this is an amazing trade for the Chiefs. It's the perfect trade to have. And listen, let me just say this, too. When D Ford was traded to the 49ers, look, the 49ers knew why D Ford was made available. 49ers fans knew why the Chiefs were not interested in keeping Ford part of it was because they wanted to keep Mahomes and extend him but the other other part of it is because the Chiefs have had some problems with D. Ford when it comes to staying healthy he's been very inconsistent with that so the 49ers knew that and I'm sure a lot of 49ers fans looked at the contract that D. Ford received and they said look This can be great if he stays healthy, but if he gets injured again like he did in Kansas City the past couple of years, then this is going to be a swing and a miss for the the 49ers. Chiefs fans are feeling the same way right now for for Frank Clark. Listen, if you want a big-name player, they're going to want some money, especially if you want them to stick around for a while. That's what's going on right now with Frank Clark. So anytime when you pay a player so much money, yeah, it's it's natural to have that feeling of, oh, hey, you know, what if this happens? Because nowadays NFL contracts are just getting more and more ridiculous and everyone's going to break someone else's record for highest paid player at position X. When Patrick Mahomes very likely gets his monster deal about a year from now, we're all going to have that discussion okay cool we got we locked him up for however many years but what if he gets hurt because if he gets hurt two years in a row then the contract looks bad again you 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 take risks sometimes man you 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 cannot just sit here and be fearful of the negative possibilities look if you want to go into a Business, or for those of you who are in business ventures, especially in sales, uh, when you're trying to sell something or trying to get a big sponsor for something, a lot of times, man, you gotta pick and choose what which direction you want to go to, and you either go in direction A, B, or C, and you've got to pick wisely and think of the pros and cons with each direction you want to go to. If you make this decision, is it gonna be good for the business? Is it gonna be good for you? And are you going to be able to? Get the sale or get the goal that you want at the end of the day. It's not it's not a simple thing. There are times where you're going to make a decision and you're gonna hit a home run. There are other times where you're gonna make a, a choice and you're gonna wish you could get a do-over on that. So this is what's happening right now with Frank Clark. Yeah, you signed him to a long-term deal, a hundred and five and a half million dollar deal, and at the end of the day, uh, this is a, a key player who could really help Kansas City in this 4-3 scheme. Here was my reaction. Let me just say this. With, with who the Chiefs had Tuesday morning at the defensive end spots, this is a major upgrade. In addition to who the Chiefs have right now with Emmanuel Agba, Alex Okafor, uh, Tano Passanio, and Breland Speaks. They got better at defensive end Tuesday afternoon however there is a big issue here there is not enough room for all five of these guys on the roster look it's safe to say that Frank Clark has he he got his spot locked up he's on the 53-man roster there's no going back on that Alex Okafor I'm pretty certain he's got himself a spot on the roster with the contract he has and I'll read that contract later in a moment but where does that leave to no and Breland Speaks? As for Emmanuel Ogba, this is a guy who the Chiefs made a trade for. There is not room for all five of these guys on the roster. I just don't think you're going to carry five defensive ends going into week one in Jacksonville. And if you do keep five defensive ends, well then... I mean, these have to be your five, but I, I would imagine the the number on that they want to keep it at four. Could be wrong, but my guess would be would be four, no more than five. Now I've said this plenty of times in the off season when D. Ford was traded and Justin Houston was cut. I said maybe the Chiefs are going to give their recent second round picks a shot. They, I mean, these are guys who were drafted in the second round for a reason. Nope, not the case. Tuesday afternoon solidified that. The Chiefs signed Alex Okafor to a three-year deal worth $17.9 million, $18 million, let's just say. Then they traded Eric Murray, a backup safety, for Emmanuel Ogba, who is a very solid defensive end. I think Ogba can do some things. I know we had, uh, we had Daniel Harms on the podcast from Arrowhead Guys, and I disagreed with him. He said that he thinks Ogba is more of a backup than a starter. I said, look, I, I think Ogba can actually do some things. On this defense, this is a guy who I think is coming to a good scheme, a good 4 3 scheme under a really good coaching staff. Brandon Daly as his defensive line coach and Spagnolo as his defensive coordinator. And I think this is a great fit for him. But sure enough, the Chiefs they acquire Frank Clark right now. And they, I mean, what do they do? They traded an arm and a leg away for him and already gave him a $105 million contract. So you got Alex Okafor, who you gave a a pretty nice deal to. You got Frank Clark, who you just gave a monster deal to. You have Emmanuel Ogba, who you just traded for. So what exactly is going to happen to Passione and Speaks? Because again, these are guys that were taken just recently in the second round. This is look. If I'm to know Passione and Breland Speaks, I I hate what happened on Tuesday. Let's just be honest, man, they may not say it publicly, they may say, hey, look, it's part of the business, we're all going to compete and have fun, but let's be honest, man, when you're a second round draft pick, you can find quality starters in the second round of an NFL draft for, for the most part, you should be able to, but we haven't seen that much from passing and Speaks. Now, I'm going to get back to Frank Clark in a moment, but let me address this because this is important. Passanio has played in 29 games. He has one start. That was his rookie year. He has two sacks and 18 tackles. That's not good for a second-round pick in two years. That's not. Breland Speaks. He played all 16 games this year. He started in four games because Justin Houston missed four games. He has 24 tackles. He has one and a half sacks and a forced fumble. That was right after a Mahomes interception. I want to say that was against Jacksonville. I may remember that incorrectly, but... I remember Mahomes threw an interception and Speaks forced a fumble on the very next play, getting the ball back for the Chiefs. Uh, it was either a Speaks forced fumble or a Speaks fumble recovery. One of those two. But Speaks, uh, he, he had a fumble, uh, forced fumble his rookie year. But again, for a second-round pick, okay, I'll say this for Speaks, not bad. Given the fact that he didn't play much, only started four games. Once Justin Houston came back, it was D Ford and Justin Houston. That played the most. Now unless the injury bug spreads like crazy at the defensive line spot. I don't see any realistic scenario where Yo and Speaks see a lot of action on the field this year. I, I don't know how that's going to be a possibility. By the time we reach near the end of the preseason or right after the preseason. I anticipate maybe some trade talks coming for at least Yo. He's a recent second-round pick with little proof that he could be good or bad. So he has to have maybe not second-round trade value, but at least some trade value, Uh, especially if he can have a good preseason. Maybe the Chiefs just end up cutting him and say, hey, look, we drafted him in the second round in 2017, but we always had pro bowlers ahead of him. In uh, in 2017, passing Yo's rookie year, there was Tom Bahali. I know it took a while before he – before he – Returned, uh, he was on the PUP for a while. But we we've had Passigny, we had Ford, we had Houston. We had at the, Ford was not a Pro Bowler at the time, but at the time you knew what kind of a player Ford was. He was a Pro Bowl al- alternate the previous year, actually. So you had three Pro Bowl outside linebackers that Passigny was behind. And now looking at this past year, well, you draft Breland Speaks. Justin Houston misses some games, but Breland Speaks gets the nod to start in Justin Houston's place. Is this one of those instances where you say, look, we just had some bad luck. We had pro bowlers ahead of him, and now we have better players still ahead of him. And perhaps maybe we just take our losses and and cut ties with him or at least try to trade him for something. I don't know. Listen, at the end of the day, man, proven veterans are always better than draft picks or players that have very limited playing experience, which is the case right now for Yo. as well as Breland Speaks, too. But we've seen a little bit more of Breland Speaks his rookie year than we saw from passing his rookie year and by the way i don't know what it is with second round picks i had this discussion with some of you guys on facebook and twitter dating back to 2000 the chiefs have terrible luck in the second round outside of brandon flowers from 2008 rodney hudson in 2011 mitch Morrison 2015 and chris jones in 2016 and I would say the next best second-round pick, I don't know, maybe Jeff Allen, which isn't saying much. I like his versatility, but we didn't see a lot from him during his time as a Chief. Uh, he had two stints for a reason. Uh, I mean, keep that in mind. Uh, coincidentally, Frank Clark is a second-rounder from Michigan. He was drafted by the Seahawks out of Michigan, former Wolverine. Um, the the Chiefs just have far more luck in the third round than they do in the second round. I don't know why. And listen, let me just say this. There, there have been a couple years where the Chiefs didn't have a second round pick. Uh, I believe in two thousand four it was, or two thousand and two. There was one year where the Chiefs did not have a first nor a second round pick. And there were there was also a time frame, actually two years in a row, where the Chiefs did not have a second round pick because they traded that away for Alex Smith still however uh dating back to 2000 and someone uh, Matt tweeted me on Twitter saying that even back to 1980 the Chiefs have been terrible in the second round for whatever reason and uh, you know I made the comment I know we're getting off topic here a little bit but what if the Chiefs you know continuing their luck with with the third round and even with rounds after that finding guys like Jared Allen Dante Hall what if the Chiefs did hit a lot of home runs in the second round? I don't know, man. But I'm I'm willing to say that some of the firings we've seen over the past 10, 11 years, probably some of them don't happen if the Chiefs do better in the second round. Uh, I, I guess Dexter McCluster is worth mentioning. But, man, we Dexter McCluster had great flashes a few times, but that that was really it, man. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to be the Tyree Kill, but instead, Tyree Kill ended up being what we all expected from Dexter McCluster. And maybe, it, I mean, look, if McCluster had more seasons on Randy Reid, I think he would have done better. Uh, but sometimes it, that's just the way things fall uh, at times. That's just the way it works. But yeah, terrible luck in the second round. Uh, but hopefully uh, Frank Clark can... Coming in and nullify that. And and maybe you just take your, you you accept defeat on this. You take an L and say, hey man, uh, just bad luck. Timing didn't really work out and it was a bad situation for him. Uh, It happens sometimes in the NFL. Uh, It's not ideal, but that's the way it works sometimes. Uh, But going back to Frank Clark. Phenomenal 2018 season from Frank Clark. He had 13 sacks last year. He was one of five players to tie 7th in the league including d ford you're gonna find a lot of similarities uh, lewis reddick wrote a tweet saying you can't compare the two and i'm thinking why or, or or why not rather uh there because there are a lot of similarities between the two uh with that said uh he did have 13 sacks just like d ford and three other players clark also had three forced fumbles this year Career highs in sacks and forced fumbles. This was the best year he's ever had, and he's coming to Kansas City with that best year, which is good to good to see. He also had an interception for the first time in his career this past year, so obviously that, a career high in and of itself. itself. Uh, he had nine sacks and a pair of forced fumbles last year. He tied 23rd in the league in sacks right behind, uh, just to uh, give you some substance here, he was right behind Justin Houston's nine-and-a-half sacks. In 2017, in 2016, he had 10 sacks, which tied for 15th. Shocker, tied with D. Ford, uh, having uh, 10 sacks. Uh, so there are some similarities between those two. Pro Football Focus, the Chiefs Pro Football Focus account, they put out some uh, some ratings comparing Frank Clark and D. Ford. If you look at their career averages, Frank Clark. Overall as an edge rusher, 72.6, d Ford 63.8. As a pass rusher, Frank Clark, 72.7, d Ford 65.4. Stopping the run, Clark better than Ford uh, in this area, uh, 66.4. Ford was 56.5. And as far as pass rush productivity, they have Frank Clark at a 7.8 and Ford at 7.0. Again, those are career averages. As far as 2018 goes, D Ford was better than Fra- Frank Clark when it came to pro football focused grades. D Ford was rated 11th, and Frank Clark was 18th among all edge rushers in 2018. In terms of just pass rushing ability, Ford was first in the NFL, Clark was 21st. So take that for what that is worth to you. Surprisingly, Frank Clark has never been to a Pro Bowl. In fact, he and former Kansas statewide receiver Tyler Lockett, a lot of Seahawks fans felt like those two players got snubbed for the Pro Bowl last year. By the way, here's a really fun fact you'll love about Frank Clark. In week six, he won NFC Defensive Player of the Week honors. Uh, That week, he had two and a half sacks and two forced fumbles. The Seahawks won that game 27-3 against the Oakland Raiders. So, Frank Clark, already has some success against AFC West opponents. So, as a Chiefs fan, you've got to love that coming to Kansas City. Probably your favorite part of the podcast is that right there. Winning NFC Defensive Player of the Week honors in Week 6 against the Oakland Raiders. Now... We have to. Well, let me just first say, by the way, Frank Clark, he's going to be wearing number 55 for the Chiefs. That is the number D Ford had. Look at the defensive additions the Chiefs have had this year. At defensive end, you've had three players Frank Clark, Alex Okafor, Emmanuel Ogba. Outside linebacker, you got Damian Wilson. Cornerback Bashad Breland, safety Tyron Matthew, uh, and, and recently another linebacker, Jeremiah Tachu, whose role would be interesting to see. We'll see how he does in OTAs and in training camp and in preseason games, uh, because it's not for certain that he's a starter, but he could add some, uh, s- uh, some power on the depth chart, which I think would be very important. Now, as I promised, here are my starting 11 players on defense. Let me just quickly get the defensive backs out of the way. I think right now, again, this is if the season started right now, given who we have on the roster. Cornerbacks, Bashad Breeland and Kendall Fuller. Although I'd be interested in seeing if the Chiefs draft a cornerback. That way, Kendall Fuller can go back to being a nickel corner, which is where he thrives at. Uh, free safety, Tyron Matthews. Uh, strong safety, Dan Sorensen. A lot of you guys disagreed with me on that and said maybe Jordan Lucas would be the better answer. I know a lot of Chiefs fans were high on Jordan Lucas and wanted to see more of him last year. I honestly did not see the hype in Jordan Lucas, I think Dan Sorensen has grown as a safety over the over the years. If you guys remember in 2014, I was very critical of his preseason and thought he would be cut. But here's Sorensen, still in Kansas City, and I think he's really grown. I think in the second half of that AFC Championship game, he did a lot of good things there. He obviously came away with that interception on the tip pass from... Julian Edelman, who eventually won Super Bowl MVP. That was right after that crazy thumb. Did he touch it? Did he not on the punt return? Uh and I know a lot of people will say, well, it was a tipped uh pass right there. He should have caught it. Sure, but at the same time, you, I think Sorensen deserves credit for being at the right place at the right time. Uh sometimes that's luck, but hey, uh you'll take it more times than not. Also in the second half of that game, the Patriots went for it on fourth down on a running play and he and Anthony Hitchens, the two the two players who you'd least expect it from, stuff that run on fourth down and force a turnover on downs. So, Dan Sorensen did some good things in that AFC Championship game, uh, and because of Eric Berry's inactivity, we've seen a lot of Sorensen the past two years... Hasn't been great necessarily, but I think he's done some good things as well. I think his best role still is someone who is very active in rotation with the Chiefs. So I'd be very interested in seeing the Chiefs go for a defensive back in the second round. I'll address that a little bit later as well. But that's my secondary. Breland, Fuller, Matthew, and Sorensen for now. Linebackers, uh, outside linebackers, Damian Wilson, the Sam linebacker, the weak linebacker weak side linebacker, I should say, Anthony Hitchens. He has experience in that area. As far as middle linebacker, this one, I, I'm not really certain. I know I heard Therese Paylor say that he's heard Reggie Ragland might get an opportunity at middle linebacker. There's also a, a chance that maybe Dorian O'Daniel uh, gets a shot in uh, some preseason games to prove himself. So I think that is an area where there might be some competition in training camp and in the preseason. So keep that in mind. As for the defensive line, I've got to tell you, man, I... Uh, I'm excited for this, and I, I, my thoughts and prayers go out to offensive linemen that have to go against this, because I really love this group of defensive linemen. At the right defensive end spot, which is where Frank Clark has played uh, in his career, that is who I have starting at right defensive end for the Chiefs, and right next to him is going to be Chris Jones at the right defensive tackle spot. Frank Clark and Chris Jones right next to each other puts a smile on my face. And if it does not put a smile on your face, that's probably because you're a Raiders fan or a Broncos fan or a Chargers fan and you're you're pretty nervous when you look at that right there. So a Chiefs fan has to feel ecstatic over the idea that Frank Clark and Chris Jones are going to line up right next to each other. Can't get better than that. At the left defensive tackle spot, I think this is up for debate, but I put Derek Noddy there. At the left defensive end spot, some of you guys... Or disagree with me. By the way, I've seen other people tweet uh, potential starting defensive linemen. A lot of people are are, are not specifying which defensive end positions uh, the players will start at, whether it's the right side or the left side. They're just writing defensive end. I'm telling you guys, Frank Clark's starting at right defensive end, and as far as left defensive end, I think it's going to be Ogba. And I know that's odd to say, I just read Alex Okafor's contract to you guys, but bear one thing in mind, Alex Okafor was a right defensive end with the New Orleans Saints, and Agba has a lot of experience at left defensive end. Now, he's lined up on the right side a couple of times, but 90% of the time, he's been lining up on the left side of the defensive line. He's also lined up as a left defensive tackle. Maybe the Chiefs convert him to a defensive tackle, and not and as a guy who comes in in rotation often with Chris Jones and Agba, And they uh, switch Alex Okafor from right side to the left side. That way Frank Clark can stay at right defensive end. That's a possibility right there. But I think right now, I'm picking Agba over Okafor. uh, Regardless of what the contracts say. Because Agba has more experience at left end than Okafor does. But I'll tell you what, man. Regardless if it's Okafor or Agba. They're both going to rotate quite a lot on this defensive line. This is a defensive line... That I'm really excited to see in 2019. And I can't remember if I said this on social media or if I said this on the podcast recently. But one of my biggest concerns with the Chiefs, uh, because they were ranked 31st and because of the direction they want to go into and some of the injury re-risks that they're worried about with Justin Houston and D. Ford... My biggest fear in letting those guys go, uh, trading them or cutting them, is the fact that you co-led the league in sacks and without D. Ford and Justin Houston, are you going to be able to keep that stat on your side? And let's not say being number one, at least top five in sacks. Can you keep that? Well, with Frank Clark, I think you can. That is big right there. And despite Kansas City being very good at getting to the quarterback... Their secondary did not take advantage of this a whole lot, which is very rare to see on on a team that is great at getting to the quarterback. Hopefully this year it's different, and I think it will be with Breland. I think Fuller is going to get more activity because you don't have Orlando Skandrick, You don't have Steven Nelson. So Kendall Fuller may end up becoming a number two cornerback. I don't know yet, uh, but... Keep that in mind. You also have Tyron Matthew, who is a much better safety than who the Chiefs had last year. And Dan Sorensen, we'll see what he does. I, I I think regardless whether he's going to be the starter beside Matthew or if someone else gets drafted or if they go after Trey Boston, I still think Dan Sorensen is a guy that's going to see a lot of playing time in 2019. So those are my 11 players on Kansas City's 4-3 defense. Let me just say one thing. Keep in mind... Why did Spagnolo's Giants, uh, the defense, why did they beat the Patriots the first time the Pats and Giants met in the Super Bowl uh, when they were chasing for that 19-0 record? Because the Giants' defensive line dominated the Patriots' offensive line, and they kept attacking Tom Brady. If I remember correctly, five sacks in that Super Bowl. In a 4-3 scheme, you want to be successful, and you'll need that power up front at the defensive line. Last time Kansas City was in the 4-3 defense, in 2007, they had Jared Allen and Tom Bahali. Allen got traded, and in that offseason, they drafted Glenn Dorsey. So in 2008, you had Tom Bahali as your defensive end, and I don't even remember for the life of me who was the other defensive end, probably not even worth remembering, Uh, but Glenn Dorsey was your defensive tackle, the guy who you thought was going to anchor that defensive line, but... He hardly did anything for the Chiefs that year or the rest of his time in Kansas City. In fact, Kansas City that year in 2008, the last time they were in the 4-3 defense, that defense set the record for fewest sacks in a season that year. Now, listen, Jared Allen and Tom Bahali; those were two good defensive ends. I know Tom Bahali was not in his prime yet, but he was coming off his rookie year and was still doing good. Jared Allen was suspended two games and still led the NFL in sacks in 2007. But the Chiefs did not have any presence in the middle of that defensive line. Looking at this defensive line on paper, and I know on paper it's, I mean, that's not saying much, but that's all we can go off of right now. This defensive line is a hell of a lot better than the last time the Chiefs were in the 4-3 defense. Kansas City will have a far more dominant defensive line in this 4-3 scheme compared to what they had in 2007 and 2008. The last two years they were in the 4-3 Uh, they will have multiple edge rushers, uh, good edge rushers from both sides. Uh, and I think that's going to be very important to try to keep up your sack total. They're going to have a key presence from the middle in Chris Jones. That's going to be huge for them. That will be pertinent in Kansas city's goal of improving defensively and ultimately not allowing so many points in games to the point where you're forcing your offense to score so much and being involved in these shootouts. And at the end of the day, that should help the chiefs win the AFC Championship, and get to the Super Bowl after being an overtime period short of that. Now, a couple of concerns here. Let's go to the contract portion of this because he obviously signed that five-year $105.5 million deal. Now, we can't get into detail a whole lot on this because the NFLPA's uh, website, they're going to update this. Uh, the, the salary cap report will be updated. Uh, so we can't go into detail too much. So we'll either discuss this on Sunday, maybe next week uh, after the draft. Uh, After Sunday's podcast, that is. But depending on how the contract is going to be split up in those five years, the fact that the Chiefs have signed uh, Frank Clark to a long-term deal is a surprise to me. Can the Chiefs still afford Chris Jones... Tyreek Hill pending an investigation, I uh, keep that in mind, and Patrick Mahomes, can they afford those three guys? What about Travis Kelsey and extending him when the time is right, assuming he's continuing to play at a high level? Uh, listen, man, I've got to say, I'm I'm pretty shocked that Frank Clark is the one who got a deal before Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill. And again, I, look, I get it, Tyreek Hill's currently being investigated, but... The fact that Chris Jones has, does not have a deal by now and Frank Clark does, it's a surprise to me. certainly a surprise to me. I'm not saying it won't happen, but it's uh, it's just a little surprising. Because at this point, you, you listen, you know you're going to sign Mahomes to a long-term deal. If you have to choose between Mahomes, Hill, and Jones, if you have to pick one and the other two have got to go, Hill and Jones have got to go. You're not going to lose your quarterback that you traded up 17 spots for and he has done insane things that no one's ever done at 23 years old as a quarterback in the league. Only thing he did not do was win a Super Bowl. That's all he did not do. We know Mahomes is going to hit the bank. Hill and Jones are expected to be the highest paid players at their positions too, but I know we could see a big cap increase uh, sometime in, in a year or two, but we don't know that for sure. So again, I know this is a very vague Discussion to have, but this is really all we can go off of until we get more information about the contract. But boy, I'm not very optimistic in Kansas City's chances of keeping Chris Jones, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes. I think you're going to get Patrick Mahomes and you're going to get either Chris Jones or Tyreek Hill. Because there are other players on this football team that you got to have as well. You got to be able to afford them. Unless Brett Veach works his magic, we'll see what happens. Maybe Patrick Mahomes. I say there's a slim chance of this, but maybe Mahomes says, "Hey, I'm doing just fine. I'm making a lot of money from Patrick Mahomes is making ridiculous money from his endorsements right now. I don't know what the dollar figure is right now, but on his Instagram, he's posting something every other day from Postmates, from some sports energy drink, uh, Oakleys. Uh, he, he, I mean, he's in a new online commercial with Heinz ketchup. I'm sure I'm missing 10 more commercials out there uh, or 10 more sponsorships out there for Mahomes. But, uh, man, I mean, he's hitting bank with those sponsorships right now. I'd be willing to bet that the sponsorships right now are paying more than his current rookie contract. Uh, Maybe he kind of has that deal similar to Brady where Brady is. He's married to a super rich supermodel. Uh, In Mahomes' case, he's married to... A lot of sponsors right now that are paying him a lot of money. I don't know uh, exactly what Brady's sponsorships are like compared to Mahomes. But maybe Mahomes can play that Brady card. But at the same time, I was texting a friend about this. I don't think Mahomes is going to miss out on the possibility of being a $200 million quarterback. Let's be honest. Who who wants to say no to that? And I'm not saying it's because Mahomes is desperate of money. Uh, He seems like he'll be, he'll be very smart with his money. But... Let's be honest, man. I I don't know if I would say no to that either. I don't think any of us would. Say what you want. Say greed. Say say that he's stuck up. But I think at the end of the day, every quarterback in Mahomes' shoes at that age would say hell yes. He'll be 24 at the time, but hell yes to a $200 million deal. He is expected to be the first $200 million quarterback, and I think that will end up being the case. Now, another issue, a more serious issue involving Frank Clark, his character issues over the past several years. Uh, First incident came in 2012. Clark was suspended by Michigan, uh, his own team, for felony of second-degree home invasion for alleged theft of a MacBook Air. He pleaded guilty to this, to the felony charge, after missing, I believe it was, one week with the team. And he was subject to punishment not more than 15 years in prison and three thousand uh, dollars, a $3,000 fine, according to reports, but was eligible for sentencing under the Holmes Youthful Trainee Act, which would expunge the record upon satisfaction of probation requirements. Again, this was in 2012, Uh, I guess right before the season kicked off. In November of 2014, his final year with Michigan, uh, Clark was arrested for domestic violence and was quickly dismissed by the Wolverines. In 2017, during the offseason when he was in the NFL at this point, he was criticized for a tweet he sent out to then Bleacher Report writer Natalie Weiner, Weiner, I don't know how you say her name, but she wrote an article pointing out Clark's past with domestic violence. He was upset about that. It's odd odd how these players, they do something they shouldn't have done, and they're criticized for it, rightfully so, and they get upset about this kind of thing. Uh, But he tweeted and said, quote, people like you don't have long careers in your field. I have a job for you, cleaning my fish tanks, when that little job is over. OVA spelled O-V-A, and little is L-I-L. So. <laughs> Listen, man, um, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, and formerly of the Chiefs, he tweeted this. He says, look, this is not going to be a popular opinion, but you cannot take the Chiefs seriously when they say they want high-character profile guys. Listen, man, the Chiefs sided with Kareem Hunt, In the two reported, the two publicly reported incidents. Now the Chiefs claim that they knew about the third incident. Okay, let's just believe the Chiefs on that one. So you're telling me the Chiefs stood behind Kareem Hunt in three incidents, even though there was no video yet for any of those. You knew he was involved in things that he should not have been involved—not once, not twice, but three times—and you still stuck with him because. You believed the you believed whatever he said. Now, once the video came out for that second incident in February, the Chiefs were obviously upset about that because they were lied to, and so they let him go. Now, let's also look at Tyree Kill. He obviously committed a horrific act when he choked his pregnant girlfriend, and now, and I'm going to be vague with this because we don't have any details, but now. There's something regarding violence with he and his fiance's three year old son, who they, as we mentioned uh, recently, have temporarily lost custody of. Let's not forget something, man. Marcus Peters was traded because why? Someone please tell me why he was traded. Because he rightfully disagreed with Bob Sutton when he had that one game suspension because of his politics. Protesting during the National Anthem. I mean, God forbid someone protested during the National Anthem. And that results in a, in a trade in the offseason. Yet, three incidents involving Kareem Hunt. You still stuck with him. Why? I mean, I don't know. Tyreek Hill, again, we're, we got to wait for the facts. But what we know right now is not in the least bit good to hear for Tyree Hill. Look. Look. NFL teams want good PR. Nobody drafts a player with problems and they hope for bad PR. Nobody wants that. They draft a player because they think he can rebound personally. And maybe they have the tools to help him succeed in that area. And they think that he'll be able to focus on his football and do very well. Obviously, the Chiefs are are, are taking that risk with Frank Clark here. And let's not forget... Uh, I think we do forget about this a lot. Uh Andy Reid has taken a lot of risks on guys like Michael Vick, Tyreek Hill, Marcus Peters, and now Frank Clark has added to the list. But at some point you have to stand for something when it comes to these kinds of things. I get it, business comes first in, in sports. No one cares that these players have gotten in trouble. Uh if you can play, man, they they're going to they're going to they're gonna keep you. Uh, that's, that's just how it works sometimes. At the end of the day, if you're going to tell the media and just lie to them that, hey, yeah, we want high profile characters. Okay. Don't tell us that. And then go after Frank Clark and side by, uh, Kareem Hunt in the three incidents that you knew of before the video came out. Oh, and you're still siding with Tyree Hill right now, given that everything so far again, I, I'll also repeat it. We don't know everything, but what we do know, it's not looking too good right now. Listen, I'm not saying I want Tyree Hill off the team, at least not right now, but he's a big part of the offense. I get it. And I was happy for Tyree Hill because Andy Reid spoke in a press conference saying, hey, look, he's done everything that we have asked him to do. And obviously he's, he was succeeding on the field. Now he has run into a brick wall with this. Um, l- look, Tyreek Hill has to, had to have waked had to have woken up every day knowing that his past is always going to be discussed. If Tyreek Hill does one thing, the, his story is going to be front page news everywhere. And sure enough, something happened with this three year old kid of his, and this is a pretty big story right now. I'm just not exactly sure. Again, I, 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 I'm rooting for these guys to, to rebound. I've said this many times. I think players, maybe they don't deserve another chance with the team, but maybe elsewhere they deserve a second chance, and they deserve some help to try to rebound. We don't want these players to keep getting in trouble. We want them to get better from that. That's that's obviously the goal in anything. So with that said, uh, the Chiefs are continuing to take risks on these kinds of players. Again, maybe Andy Reid can... Do what, what he's done in the past with guys like Michael Vick and, and Marcus Peters. At least we thought we did with, with Peters. I get Peters was a knucklehead, but it's not like Peters got into criminal activity either. Whereas with Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, uh, Fred Clark, I mean, you've seen that with them. I'm not sure on that. Let me know your thoughts on this because this is uh, something that I think... We, something's got to be said about this. You tell the media one thing, but you're doing another when it comes to character. For your football team. That does not add up. Uh, Look I don't mind if the Chiefs do. Get a guy like Frank Clark. If they think they have the tools to help him. Get better in his personal life. Great go for it. I I think this team does by the way. But don't tell us two different things man. Uh, That's where I take issue. On that with the Chiefs. Last thing I'll say on this. uh, Actually a couple other things. uh, But they're both going to be fairly short. Uh, The Chiefs do not have a first-round pick for the second year in a row. Obviously, last year, they did not have one because they traded it two years ago to trade up 17 spots to get Patrick Mahomes. Great move, obviously. And look, I know with 2017, that draft class is not looking too good. Passing is hardly playing. Uh, Kareem Hunt was let go. Yeah, it sucks, but hey, at least you got the league MVP 10th overall that year. Now, they obviously won't have one on Thursday because they traded that for Frank Clark I'll just say this I know some Chiefs fans are not happy about that I know they look 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 the draft is a special time and having a first round pick is is a pretty cool moment and now that it's going to be two years in a row more likely uh, unless something crazy happens within 48 hours but the Chiefs are not going to be picking in the first round two years in a row I'll tell you what, man. If that quarterback at the time we did not know he'd be a league MVP, throwing fifty touchdowns and five thousand yards, but if you felt that strongly about him, sure, why not? Yeah, we've been crying for a franchise quarterback forever, and that's exactly what they did, training up for him. Frank Clark. I know one hundred percent what we're going to get for for, for Frank, Frank. Excuse me, Frank Clark. So do you guys? Let me just ask this because I got a couple of tweets saying, "Look." Why would you do this when this is a deep draft class for defensive ends? Well, how do we know they're all going to pan out? You know, we hear this a lot that, oh, this is a deep running back class, a deep quarterback class, but it doesn't always pan out when these guys hit the field as pros. just doesn't. You can give me the best available pass rusher in this draft. I'll still take Frank Clark, over that guy I'll take a proven veteran over a draft pick who we honestly have zero idea how he'll do in the transition from college to the NFL draft picks are fun they're exciting but there's always that uh, that little nervousness at least for me as a fan can they all at least the first round and second round guys can they make that successful conversion because some do some don't and sometimes they surprise us sometimes they disappoint us As for Kansas City's new plan in the draft, I think they got to reroute and tackle things a little bit differently. Obviously, no first-round pick. Your second-round picks, you still have the 61st and the 63rd picks. I think Kansas City needs to go after a center and either a cornerback or a safety. If the Chiefs decided to go cornerback with one of the picks and a safety with the other second-round pick, that's fine with me. I won't say no to that. But I, I, I'm I going to have a bit of a concern with that uh with that center position. It'd be hard f- to, for me to think that they pass on a center in the second round. But I think, in, in my opinion, I think you got to address center. And you got to address defensive back. I think that's what the Chiefs are going to do in the second round of the draft on Friday. Look, overall... If you want quality players, and I'm saying this because I Chiefs fans feel like they gave up too much for the for this guy, in order to get good players, you have to give up something valuable. Let's keep an eye on D Ford. I know we're gonna use that for comparison a lot as the season goes along. We did this last year with Marcus Peters when he got traded. To the Rams, I'm sure Chiefs fans are going to keep a close eye on Kareem Hunt and compare him and Damian Williams or whoever Kansas City's running back is going to be as the season goes on. I did say running back would be ideal in the second round as well as a center. Uh, that was before the front Frank Clark trade. But now I think you got to say, hey, look, let's just go with Damian Williams and let's try to build that offensive line. Let's build some muscle up front. Let's uh, add some smart players in the secondary on defense and do what we can to improve on de- uh, on defense and as a whole as a team I think this is a great move for Kansas City you got your, yourself a very proven and fantastic edge rusher and it's going to help Kansas City improve drastically from their 31st rank allowing the second most yards in the NFL let me know your thoughts facebook.com slash twitter.com slash farzing2 and I appreciate all of you guys who interacted with me on Facebook on Twitter uh and on a day like this, I have not been able. I try to respond to as many comments possible. I get a lot of emails uh, during a time like this. I get a lot of Facebook. I, I got. I don't ever get this, but people actually send me questions on Instagram too. <laughs> so that I mean that happened. Uh, uh, but yeah, Facebook, tweets, Instagram, email. I mean, I, I have not been able to read all of them because. This is obviously at the time where everyone wants to comment on this. Uh, but uh, trust me, uh, I, I, I'll read them at some point. Maybe not uh, able to respond to all of them, but I'll, I'll come across them. And I, for those who did comment, I appreciate everyone who was a part of the discussion on Tuesday and continuing it on during the week. Never too late. Join me on Facebook and Twitter for the conversation. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean. That is where we are. And you can also hit the share button To spread the word with your friends. With that said, the Chiefs not picking, at least not expected to pick on Thursday. Therefore, there will not be an episode on Friday. And we will be back on Sunday to recap Kansas City's draft and look around the NFL, see what else happened. And we'll do our closing segments as well. My name is Farza Basu again. Thank you all once again for downloading and listening to the podcast and interacting with me on social media. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys learned a lot about your new defensive end, Frank Clark. It should be very exciting. I'm sure the Chiefs will introduce him in a press conference and we will react to that next episode. So all of that and much more on Sunday's episode. Talk to you then. Have a good weekend.